have not been with us, we are working through the Gospel of John. We are in John chapter 9, the end of John chapter 9, so open your Bibles and turn to John chapter 9. It will be on the screen, but that is no substitute for the Word of God in your hands if you have it. Real quick, I'm going to just uh, fill you in before we read the passage, before I read the passage out loud to you. We have been going through the story of the blind man. Jesus uh, heals the blind man who was born blind from birth. We talked about how basically this guy was not even calling out to Jesus, but his disciples, Jesus' disciples, looked and asked Jesus a question, why is this guy blind from birth? Is it because of his sin or the sin of his parents? Jesus says, neither. It's actually so the works of God may be displayed in his life. The man then obeys Jesus as Jesus spit on the dirt and made mud and put it on his eyes and said, go wash. The guy went, he washed, he responded in faith. He then comes back, what we think, to find Jesus perhaps, and people start asking, how did this happen? How did this happen? And what we see is this guy doesn't know a lot. He just knows that someone named Jesus helped him. Helped him to see. And we see that this guy's faith throughout the chapter has shown that this guy's faith grows. He learns more and more about Jesus. And that was a reminder to us that one, we are like the blind man spiritually. We have no hope on our own. We need God to pursue us. But as he pursues us, we have to respond in faith like this man did. We also need to remember that this is a process. You're not perfect when it comes to as far as the life you live on this earth right away. Yes, you are perfect as far as your position because you're given the righteousness of Christ. You're justified before God. But then there's this process. And last week we ended with Jesus asking Him if He wanted to believe in the Son of Man. The way Jesus' favorite way of referring to Himself, which does mean, yes, that He's truly man, but it's also referring back to Daniel chapter 7, which actually shows Jesus' divinity, the fact that He is God. And the man does indeed want to worship. And here's where we ended in verse 38, it said, of chapter 9. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And that's where we left off last week. So we're going to pick up right now. I'm going to read the passage first, and then I will work through it verse by verse. Follow along quietly as I read, starting in verse 39. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see. And those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what He was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before Me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. 
If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Right after this guy worships Jesus, he falls down. Jesus then goes on to explain a little bit more. Back in verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Jesus is saying, the reason that I came, the whole point of why I came to this world is for those people who are blind that they would be able to see. And the people who claim to be able to see that they would be blind. Jesus actually says, this is the the reason that I came. I want to read to you real quick out of John chapter 12. We'll be there in a few weeks. John chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 47. No, I'm not. I'm going to start in 44 because it's better. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Pretty clear. You believe in me. You're not really just believing in me. You're believing in God. Verse 45. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light. Think of that language for a blind person. They don't know what light is until they see. I have come in the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to the world, or I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Remember that, because when we get back to the text, remember that. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. So flip back over to John 10. Jesus just said, for judgment, I came into this world. But then a couple chapters later, he says, I didn't come into this world to judge. I came to save. Is Jesus mistaken? Did he forget what he said earlier? Realize that the judgment that's being spoken of here is not the purpose of Jesus' coming, but it's the result of his coming. It's the effect of his coming. So he comes to open the eyes. He comes to open the eyes of the blind. He comes to share his life, to die for us. He comes so that we'll follow. Guess what happens? Not everyone follows. Not everyone believes. So by definition, the fact that not everyone believes, that means judgment is on them. So he's not coming so that to judge. No, he's coming to save his sheep. He's coming to save those that he loves. He's coming to save those who will respond in faith. But by definition, when they do not respond in faith, judgment is on them. That's what he's saying. So when he says, for John 9, verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. He's saying as those who are seeing, as they see those who are blind, what's going to happen for them is judgment comes on them. So it's actually like this. You have a group of people. Imagine I have a blindfold on right now, okay? And I cannot see a thing. And what Jesus is saying is, those who cannot see, I've got the blindfold on, and who cry out, I'm blind, Lord. I can't see. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to follow. I'm blind. He then removes the blindfold. If you cry out, He removes the blindfold. 
But what's interesting on the other side, again, imagine that I have the blindfold on. And for those who would stand there, and perhaps some of you here today, yell, I can see! It's glorious. Look, I can see everything. Oh, I, I don't need any help. I've got it figured out. I know how to get there, Jesus. He says to them, you're blind, but you claim to see. And because you're going to keep relying on that, you are condemned. Judgment is on you because you will not humble yourself and cry out for the need for spiritual eyes. He continues on in verse 40. So some of the Pharisees, now again, he's talking to the, he seems like he's talking to this guy, but he's talking in a public place. So now the Pharisees are back in the picture again. And he's doing it in such a way that they're close by. Perhaps the same ones from before. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, oh, oh, are we also blind? Is that what you're saying? How are you calling us blind? We're the religious leaders. We know all the answers, Jesus. You're going to call us blind? Is that what you're saying? And basically his response is, you just called yourself blind and you don't know it. Jesus said to them, if you were truly blind and you would acknowledge it, then you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see, your guilt remains. In asking their question, they're showing their blindness. So he finishes that, now he transitions to say, truly, truly, I say to you, and you know that he's about to bring it when he does that, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in around another way, that man is a thief and a robber. What's he talking about? Okay, so imagine a, a field that sheep are kept in, maybe multiple owners, different shepherds, a whole bunch of sheep, maybe even some other animals. What he's saying, he's going to switch all of a sudden, he's going to say, anyone who tries to jump in from the outside and come about this another way, anyone who tries to lead these sheep from another way, if you're not able to walk straight through the front door, then you're a thief and a robber. Because if you are able to walk straight through the gate into the sheepfold, that means you belong there. You have the authority to be there. What Jesus is about to explain to them is he has the authority to walk straight in to his sheep. But these religious leaders, and perhaps those in the past, have been trying to lead God's people other ways. They're jumping in from other ways. And he's saying, they're thieves and robbers. He's saying to them, you're thieves and robbers. You're trying to trick the sheep. You're trying to hurt the sheep. Jesus is saying, only the one who can walk straight through the gate is the one who belongs there. Verse 2, chapter 10. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. There's his authority. Verse 3. To him the gatekeeper opens. There's some question among commentators who's the gatekeeper specifically. Is that the Holy Spirit maybe? Don't worry about that picture. That's not what Jesus is emphasizing. He's emphasizing the sheep and the role of the shepherd. The gatekeeper opens it and the sheep, listen to what the sheep do. Because you're here today, you're either one of the sheep or you're not. So here's what the sheep do. They hear His voice. They hear His voice and look what happens. And He calls His own sheep by name. Brothers and sisters, you need to be encouraged that if you're one of Jesus' sheep, He knows your name. He calls you by your name. In fact, He's got a name for you that nobody else knows. And you'll be given that 
in the last day. They hear His voice. He calls His own sheep by name. And what does He do? He leads them out. He calls them out to Himself. Did you remember the song we were singing? Jesus, I come. Are you coming to Him? Are you one of the sheep? Do you hear His voice? Have you responded in faith? Have you responded to the Gospel message or do you keep just rejecting it? If you keep rejecting it, you're not one of His sheep. Look what it, he continues on in verse 4. When He has brought out all of His own, right? This big sheepfold, this, this pen that all these sheep are, He calls out His specifically. He's calling them out. The other ones, they're not coming. You know why? He's not their master. He's not their shepherd. He's calling them out and they're responding in faith. They're responding because they trust Him. When He's brought all of His own out, He goes before them. This is interesting. He doesn't go behind His sheep to push them. He walks in front of them. Jesus walks in front of us. He leads us. What makes that hard is you've got to pay attention to follow. You ever followed somebody? If you, stop, if you don't pay attention, especially if it's in the woods or it's somewhere out, all of a sudden you look up. Some of you, when husbands and wives drive together, maybe two separate vehicles, you're following one another, all of a sudden, whoever's leading is just gone, going way over the speed limit, turning. Where'd they go? I don't know. I don't know. I, I looked down for a second. He was gone. You have to pay attention to the shepherd. If you're one of the sheep, you have to pay attention. He's leading you from the front. His sheep follow him. Question, are you following Jesus? This is real clear. It's real simple. If you're a sheep, you follow him. If you're not, you don't. It's that simple. Well, I think, you know, I just I got this relationship thing going with Jesus and he kind of does his thing and I do my thing, but he understands me. Yeah, that's not in the Bible. Jesus says you die to yourself and you follow Him. If you don't like that, then you're probably not one of His sheep. I love you, but somebody needs to tell you that. If you don't like reading His Word, if you don't like being in His Word, that's how we hear Him. That's His voice. If you don't like that, you're probably not one of His sheep. Just letting you know, I love you. I don't want you to walk out of here not being one of His sheep. His sheep follow Him for they know His voice. His sheep know His voice because you have the Spirit of God inside of you. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from Him for they do not know the voice of strangers. You will not follow false teaching forever if you are Jesus' sheep. It will not make sense. It will not add up. The Holy Spirit inside of you will not allow you to continue in that. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. That's a shocker. The Pharisees didn't get it again. So Jesus again said to them, I'm going to say it a little differently. See if this helps. For some of you, I hope this helps. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now he's going back to using some of that I am language, which we've talked about before in John, which is ultimately the same way of what was said in the Old Testament of I am who I am. He's even making claims to his divinity in that statement. 
I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep didn't listen to them. Who came before him? Possibly the Pharisees, false prophets, false messiahs. The true sheep will not follow them. That's what he's saying. Then he goes into verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, look at this, verse 9. If anyone enters by me, if you go through Jesus, if you go through the door, he will be saved. That's it. That's it. Jesus just claimed right there, if you enter through Him, you're saved. If you want to go another way, you're doomed. It's that simple. He's just saying, I'm the door. Enter by Me. You will be saved. And look, look, it doesn't end there. It's not only about salvation, although that's part of it. It's not only about justification. Look what it says. You will be saved and you will go in and you will go out and you will find pasture. Amen, little one. You will find pasture. When we are saved, our salvation, some of us have a misunderstanding of salvation. Again, we've talked about this some. Salvation is more than just, I said a prayer and now I'm saved. Or I said a prayer and I was baptized and now I'm good to go. It is true. Part of our salvation is justification, being made right before God. Your sins wiped away. You are made clean. You are given the righteousness of Christ. He takes away your sin. That's step one. Inside that realm of salvation, there's also something called sanctification. We summarize it by saying you look more like Jesus. What this just said in that text is both are true. If you enter through Jesus, yes, you are saved. You are justified. But unfortunately, what some of us do sometimes is we, so we see the door that's Jesus. We open it and we step through for salvation. And then for the rest of our life, we, we try to go through other doors. I'm going to go through this door for my ultimate happiness and joy. Oh, what's that door? Career. I'm going to go through career. I'm going to go through materialism. I'm going to go through money, having a family, hobbies, making sure people know that I'm important, people think I'm smart. We go through a lot, other, a lot of other doors. What Jesus just said is he's the door that you walk through for salvation, and he's also the door for your sanctification. He's the door that you walk through to ultimately have pasture. What's pasture mean? Somebody help me. What is Pasture. What comes to your mind? Let me hear some words when it comes to your mind. What's pasture? What's that? Food. <laughs> Y'all are hungry. I know. I've got to finish up. Freedom. Good. Freedom. Food. What else? Peace. What else? Anything else come to mind? Peace. Rest. Security. Let me ask you this. If I could guarantee you right now, you'll be well fed. You'll have nothing but peace. You'll have security. You'll have rest. Wouldn't you take that? If I said walk through that door and that's what you're going to find, would you walk through that door? You better believe it, right? You'd walk through that door. The problem is we've walked through the door as far as salvation and then we start looking for other doors. Look what the text says, you guys. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Justification. Great. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. It's through Jesus you go in and you go out and you find your peace. You find your joy. You find your hope. You find security. That's where you're fed. That's the only place. And that's where his sheep have to go to. But some of you would agree with me that sometimes we don't do that. We're a sheep, but we're not listening very well. What causes us not to listen? Pride. 
couple things. Number one, sometimes in the pasture, we get so far away from him that it's hard to hear him. We get far enough away from Jesus that as he's trying to speak to us through his word, it's hard to hear him. My encouragement to you is draw close to him. He will draw close to you. Be in his word. Lord, I want you to speak to me. Please speak to me. Draw closer to him and he will draw close to you. For some of us, we're just too distracted. Now again, we're the sheep, right? We're the sheep in this story. So we're out in the pasture together and we're just going around distracted by everything else that's going on. And we're too distracted to hear the voice of our shepherd say, follow. Come to me. Find peace. Find rest. And we're too distracted with everything else going on in life. And we need to put that stuff aside and go to him. And then third, some of you, you don't hear Jesus because you constantly hear yourself. You're constantly, bat, bat. It's my best sheep. I don't know. You're constantly talking to God, perhaps, probably not in prayer. You're just constantly going. Your mind's constantly going. You're worrying about stuff. You're trying to fix stuff. And you're just not resting. You have no pasture. You're no rest. You need to stay quiet. You need to stay quiet. You need to draw close to your Savior. You need to get all the the other distractions out of the way and draw close and let Him comfort you. Let Him love you. Let Him take care of you. Because that is the only place you will find true joy and true peace and true rest. That's what He's saying. That's why He says, and this is our last verse, the thief, Satan, false teachers, They come only to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's the thing. Here's what they come to do. Only. One job. Steal, kill, destroy. If they can't stop you from being a Christian and being called out, here's what they're going to do. They want to make your life a wreck. So you cannot have joy and peace and rest in your Savior. That's their plan. Plan one, I'm going to try to stop you from being a Christian. That didn't work. Plan two, I'm going to stop you from being one, acting like one, following Jesus and having peace. That's the game plan. It hasn't changed for 2,000 years. It's the same plan. But look what Jesus comes for. And my encouragement to you is trust Him. Here's what He says. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's why I come. I came that they may have life and have it what? The thief's trying to stop you from having a truly abundant life. And Jesus is saying, if you will walk through Me, the door, continually, if you will follow me, if you will listen to my word, if you will listen, read, memorize, meditate on my word, you will have an abundant life. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the time together today and we're thankful for all that we've been able to to see you do. Thankful for Tracy and Jeff saying, Jesus' voice is what we're going to follow. Jesus says, get baptized, we're getting baptized. Not getting baptized so that they might be saved or so that Jesus will love them, but because he loves them, they want to obey him. Thankful for Jamie and his family that they're, they know they don't have it all figured out. They'll tell you that. None of us do. 
But if you ask them, they'll tell you, just trying to follow Jesus, and when I do, it's better than it was before. Lord, that's our cry, that we're thankful that it's following you. If we will just trust you, if we will listen to your voice, we can go in and we can go out and we can find rest. Help us to do that. Help us to remember this, God. We're so quick to forget it. Help us to help one another as we're out here in the sheep pen together. Help us to remind one another. Stir one another towards good works. Help us to say, hey, let's follow Jesus together. My marriage, I want to be out of a bad marriage. I want to be in a good marriage. I want to be out of this pain. I want to be in joy. I want to be out of so many bad things, Lord. We all do. We want to be out of these bad things. We want to go into good things. Out of shame, out of guilt. Into forgiveness, into peace. I pray for my family here today. I pray that we would listen to your voice and we would follow well. And for anyone here who does not know you. They realize that they've been in the sheep pen and as they're looking around, they're saying, you know what? I don't, I don't hear Jesus' voice. It may be because they're a goat. Help them to cry out to Jesus today. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.